Welcome to the Fit40 Podcast, where we take all the confusing, conflicting fitness and nutrition information and break it down so that you can live your healthiest, strongest, most energized life. I'm your host, Brian Fitzsimmons. Let's get it started. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back for another episode of the Fit40 Podcast. Today, we have an awesome guest for you, Jay Weedle out of Boston, straight out of Boston. I don't know if that sounds as badass as straight out of Compton, but here we are. He's been a, a personal trainer for over a decade, owned his own gym at one point, has coached thousands of people, and now works exclusively online with the dudes. So for all the ladies listening, for your husbands, this is the guy to listen to, and hopefully I'll provide some helpful stuff along with that. But welcome, Jay, to the podcast. Brian, how's it going, mate? Thanks for having me. Hey, glad to have you here, man. So yes. I know we were chatting a lot off camera, and we covered a lot of good topics. So I'm pretty pumped for this one. Let's uh, yeah, let's just too, yeah. yeah, let's just dive right in. So first thing I know that like when it comes to personal training, a lot of the people that have been doing it forever, like for over a decade usually kind of just stay with that and do their own like their thing for a long time like mm -hmm. in person and all that what was your journey like that led you to go exclusively online uh well i'll say first of all straight out of boston does sound relatively cool i think there's probably a lot of bostonians that would like use that one whether it's you know rappable i'm not sure i am originally from manchester northern england you should probably tell uh, but I've lived in the U.S. for 10 years. I originally started working at a Boston sports clubs. You know, I worked there for a year. You get the same personal training experience if you're a client or if you're a trainer. But I think it's probably a good place to start because what you get is you, you get exposure to lots of different stuff and lots of different people and lots of different methods. And you get to work out what maybe you don't want to do, which allows you to like move forward towards something maybe you do want to do more. Um, so I did that for a year and then I opened a studio here in Boston. Uh, then we moved to a bigger studio three years after that. And then in 2020, what year are we now? Just over a year ago. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Just over a year ago. Uh, COVID has really like done the number. I'm sure I'm not the only one there, but like time is this just kind of nebulous thing now that I'm just like, well, is it Monday or is it Friday? And anything in between. I operate on like a seven day window. I don't operate in, in years anymore. Yeah. Uh, right there with you. Yeah, I guess, you know, when you're looking at a screen a lot as well, I'm sure there's a lot of listeners that are like, yep, so, so yep. we got you there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, oh, just over a year ago, uh, it was the right time for me to move out of my gym. So I sold my gym to a business partner um, and I moved exclusively online. And one of the things I, I always say, and I say this to my wife and I probably say to other clients as well, I would never, I would never, I'm not sure that I would be as good at this had I not have done a decade of personal training in person. Actually, upgrade that. I know I wouldn't be as, as good as I am at this as had I not have done a lot of in-person training. Uh, maybe you, maybe you feel the same way there. Yeah, I mean, I know there's conflicting opinions, especially in the online space because everybody wants to be an online trainer. But I'm sorry, maybe it's because I too have been in the game for many years. Like I've been doing this since 2015. So mm -hmm. what is that, eight years? Mm -hmm. You just don't 
see the same stuff. You don't experience the same stuff when you don't do it in person. Does that mean that there aren't great coaches out there that haven't coached in person? Not necessarily, but I mean, let's be honest. There's certain situations that we come across and the way people move, equipment, logistics, and all that crap in between. And you're like, now you and me are just like, done. Okay, I know what to do. But yeah. somebody who hasn't experienced that is probably like, uh, really have to think hard on that one. Yeah, or they have to wait for feedback from their clients that say, hey, I know you put these two machines as a superset back to back, but they're, they're so far apart. And I always go to the gym at seven o'clock in the morning. So I'm always having to fight for these, these pieces of equipment. I know that might sound logical to mm -hmm. you and I, but if you're just a straight up first time online trainer, that's maybe something that you don't consider and so even just something logistical like that, even outside of like a biomechanics or how this person moves, I, I'm not, not sure you get that feedback. I also yeah. think And you that, can get ahead of stuff too. It's like yeah. you kind of know the problems that are going to come after yeah. you've been doing it so many times. Yeah. Even if you were to just like zoom out and say, hey, if you go straight in to be an online coach, you have to learn on the job. Well, when you have worked in person for... 10 years, you've quite literally already learned on the job. And I think it may be in, it, it, I'm sure there's a lot of trainers who like gravitate straight to online personal training because they think like, oh, this is the Mecca. I get to work from home. I get to train when I want. I get to make my own calendar. I don't have to get up at 6am. I don't have to train people at nine o'clock at night. Sure. That maybe is the case, but I will say to you, like having experience in both, both of these places, both online and in person now, I know that I wouldn't be as good as I am at this had I not have done so much of what I did, owning yep. a gym, training, you know, thousands of training sessions, thousands of hours of training sessions with, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of people in lots of different ways in, in groups in personal training and one-on-one -on -one, and online, like it's, it's all, it's all been done already. I also think that maybe sounds a bit like a lot of trainers would gravitate straight to this because it sounds so good. I know that this is good because I know what getting up at 4.30 in the morning feels like, and I know what going home at nine o'clock at night feels like in the same day. So I know that this was a good place for me because I know I that feel that like it's a, right a difficult place. Yeah. yeah, it's like a rite of passage. If you haven't had that 4 a.m. to 9 p.m. day, yeah. you, are you even a trainer? <laughs> <laughs> if you're not sleep deprived and you haven't eaten four out of your six meals out of, you know, Tupperware with a spoon that you keep in the side of your rucksack, like, are you, are you, have you really earned your stripes here? Yeah, yeah, it's like a graduation. <laughs> sure. yeah, yeah, and it's funny you bring up like the, uh, I think it's really the availability more than anything because mm -hmm. I know a lot of coaches think as soon as they get off the floor, it's like, well, now I've got all this free time. But it really depends because, I mean, I don't know how, how like you run things, but like for me, I've got my notifications on 24 <laughs> seven. Like if somebody has an issue and I can handle it, I'm like, I'm on it. Like, within as quickly as I possibly can within minutes, ideally, unless I'm like sleeping or in the shower. And even then, yeah, uh, even then oh. you could dry your hand and really respond really fast. Most phones are waterproof now, right? Yeah. But yeah. I think I have my trip, my training app, my training software is always, always on. So if I've got my phone near me and I'm looking at my phone, then that's something I'll respond to. And what I feel like I do a very good job with is that my phone is never off do not disturb in other formats um, yeah and that's a bit, also a, a thing that I, sinkhole, you know? 
Yeah, and I think it's also a thing where a lot of times I know talking to people on the phone and stuff, they're like, well, I really think I just need an in-person trainer. And it's like, that's mm -hmm. definitely an option, but let's mm -hmm. let's not beat around the bush. Your in-person trainer is not going to be available 23 hours of the day when you're not with them. Yeah. They're doing, the, they're doing the four to nine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're, by the time, if you see them at nine o'clock in the morning, they've already been awake for five hours and they've already had five different people tell them their life story and you know the kids waking up and the dog's been sick and grandma's not very well like by the time they get to nine o'clock as as great as a trainer as they could possibly be they are shot to shit by that time <laughs> they're already exhausted so um i think there's pros and cons to, to all of it i'm yeah. sure you know again I'd, maybe personal online personal training online coaching is not right for everybody but it's definitely right for some people and i also think it's i'm sure we'll get into this but like it's the doses of the methods that we use to build out our systems, right? I don't claim to have all the answers. I just claim to have some of the answers and I'm very confident in putting them together in a system that works very well for a select niche of, of people. You know, I, I think that's maybe something that, that in-person doesn't allow you to do either, especially if you work in a, in a big box gym uh, where you, you know, your option to work with a certain type of person or a certain kind of group of people is, is probably not high you've got taken as they come so um yeah you know like i don't think there's a right or a wrong way to do it i think there's probably good trainers and bad trainers in in both spaces i think there's probably naive trainers and and really experienced curmudgeonly trainers in yeah. both spaces you know so um mm -hmm. as i said i don't claim to have all the answers just the answers that i do have I'm, i feel very confident in putting them together in a system that works really well for a, you know a handful of people so Absolutely. Now let's talk a little bit about like what problems you tend to be solving most of the time. So I know you, you primarily work with dudes 30 to 60, correct? Yep. Yep. Now, what are some of the really common issues that surface with them? Because I have a feeling that being that that's like parenting age, we're going to have a lot in common here. Yeah, maybe, you know, I, I just had it over the last 10 years. What I found myself was the people who I got the best results with were guys who were very career driven, had families, oftentimes young families, and had, with, and they were kind of type A, very data driven. They were always on the go. They maybe traveled for work. They liked to let loose at the weekends. Like it, the CEO, exec kind of guy, whether they were at the start of their career or you know deeper into their career. And so I had so much experience working with those guys that it was a no brainer for me when I moved online was like, Hey, he, who are the people that I want to work with? And who are the people that I have an experience enjoying working with and have got the best results for. And so mm -hmm. again, it was a no brainer for me to, to, it was definitely hard because I'd been working with, with women as well for so many years. So for me to say to women who were maybe interested in working with me at the time, actually, I'm, I can't do it. I, that's not the business I'm now running, uh, was difficult, but I think once you get over those teething those kind of teething pains it, it was i'm definitely in the definitely in the place that i, I want to be in now awesome so the problems is are almost always the same but i'll say that they're almost always in different doses mm -hmm. right i work with guys in between the ages of 30 and 60 who either have new families so i'll work with a guy who's just had newborn twins that sounds like a lot of fucking work uh <laughs> You know, but he I'd say so. has a, he has a gym in his office, and his goals are to 
get a little bit stronger to support his running. So like that's one scenario, right? And I work with another guy who's got grown up kids and he's in a new relationship and his partner's retired and they're looking to travel. And so that they have different demands. They all have demands that so they're kind of similar demands, sorry, but they have them in different doses. So I would say time obviously is, is probably the, one of the big traps. Traveling for work is one of the big traps. But I would say the fundamental kind of iconic mindset that I think most guys who I work with, what they have is almost always like an all in binary, black, white, all or nothing mindset. And it comes to the door, they're like, I've done this in the past. I've got great results for me. Uh, it got great results for me, sorry, but I couldn't sustain it. So it's bad. Throw that out. I heard once, you know, I've got, I've got great results from not eating carbs once. So that's the way to do it. Anything else other than cutting out carbs is bad. Get rid of that. You know, like it's, it's very binary and it's kind of very like fixed beliefs because it's very easy to say like, Hey, I cut out carbs and I lose weight. This is a one for one. And then we just move on because these guys aren't, they're not as interested in fitness as maybe you and I are. Well, they're definitely not as interested in fitness as you and I are, let's say, but they have like a lot of fixed mindsets or a lot of like preconceived notions that maybe well, they definitely hold them back. Um, yeah. And so I would say that that's maybe like the, the defining characteristic of most of the guys that I work with. I don't think that's yeah. uncommon. Like I'm sure I've done that at certain points in my life, but I don't know about you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that seems to be, maybe it's just an age demographic thing, <laughs> but, or a human thing, but mm -hmm. that black and white, like I'm on or I'm off mentality. <laughs> really is very prevalent, especially when you used to use something back in your twenties and you're like, Oh, well that worked for me then. It's like anything works for anybody in their twenties. <laughs> like you're, yeah, you're maybe. barely, yeah. You, you don't have any responsibilities other than show up to school or work and you're done. <laughs> so you could pretty much do whatever you want, but then you add a kid into the mix, you add a real job into the mix and you're like, Oh, this is a different ball game. Yeah, it's the, you know, the, the methods are the same. The methods don't have any morality. The methods don't have any like opinions about you. They don't like you or dislike you. They either yeah. like work in a dose that is conducive to supporting you in your current environment or they don't. So the, the methods themselves don't matter. And I think we see this, we see this in both coaches and in clients. How many coaches do you know that are like, I'm the keto guy. I'm the kettlebell yep. guy. I'm the you know, the whatever guy and we, people like they attach part of their like identity to it. And then if it ever lets them down, there's a lot of like mental gymnastics in that. So I've tried and like pull those things apart without feeling like, oh, maybe I'm just a terrible person. Maybe I just failed. Maybe I just like, it worked for yeah. me before. It doesn't work for me anymore. It's gotta be me. But the reality is that this it's about experience. It's about preferences. It's about goals. It's about demands. It's, it's about lifestyle. It's about environment. Like there's too many variables to say like, Oh, it's just this one thing. But obviously yeah. there is a convenience to saying like, if I could just do this one thing, everything would be fine. Probably not the case. Uh, I don't think there's anywhere else in life though. If we just think that if I could just do this one thing, it would be fine. And if we do think that when we get there, <laughs> we're almost always sorely mistaken, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it's funny you say that because it's like that one thing has so many other factors. That's like going to yeah. college and saying, I just need the degree. And it's yeah. like, well, you can't get there without those like hundred and whatever credits. And you can't get those credits without taking the classes. 
Like people are like, if I could just lose 10 pounds, it's like, all right, well, do you know how to do that and keep it off? Or are we going to keep playing this game over and over again where you cut carbs for a month or two, hate your life, lose the weight, and then gain it all back? Yeah, because I, it's funny, I was writing an article earlier on and I was talking about the idea of like, how I, this idea of like yo-yo dieting being like inherently bad. But it, it's actually the narrative, or in my opinion, it's the narrative that we attach to yo-yo dieting. Because another way to think of yo-yo dieting is that I tried something and it didn't work out for me. And so when I try, when I rebound, I'm going to learn something on the yo-yo down and the yo-yo up. I'm yep. going to learn parts of it that did work for me. And then we're going to learn about the parts of it that didn't work for me. And I'm just going to learn stuff, right? And so mm -hmm. there's, there's, hard, there's a hard visual here, but like you can think of this as like these, these big peaks and troughs. And the more times you try, the more those peaks and troughs get a little bit smaller until they become kind of just up, down, up, down, up, down in perpetuity. The problem tends to stem from attaching our personality to this method. So I'm the keto guy. It worked on me in the past. I'm going to try it again. I'm going to lose all this weight and I'm the keto guy. Actually, I can't keep it off. So I've gained all my weight back, but I'm the keto guy. Uh, but it didn't work for me and now I'm, I'm a terrible person. I feel terrible. Rather than saying, oh, it worked for me in the past and there's parts of keto, the keto diet that I like. And there's parts of it that are unsustainable that maybe don't match my current environment. What can I take from it that works and keep? And what can I improve? But it's like this, again, it's like the binary on-off mentality and the idea that yo-yoing is bad. It's only bad if we continue to like make, maintain the same mistake over and over again. And we continue yep. to attach parts of our personality and a part of our value to the method. Because the method don't matter that much. The, mm -hmm. It's about trying to find the dose of the method that works the best for you right now. What matters is the method that you choose, making sure that it abides by the principle. So like if you're trying to lose weight, everybody, everyone's heard this one before, but if you're trying to lose weight, whether you do the carnivore diet, like, I don't know, I'm not going to list them off, but like any diet in perpetuity, <laughs> uh, choose any diet, you know, you need to be able to create a calorie deficit that's meaningful and manageable and do it for long enough so you can see some level of significant change. Okay. That's it. And if you can find that one that works for you now, when you get to the end of it, and you're like, oh, this worked for me now. The, the fundamental error is attaching. This is the thought that this is the only way because it's not because you could do it with Weight Watchers or any other diet. And as long as you abide by the principles, namely calorie deficit, and you can make a meaningful and manageable calorie deficit and do it for long enough that you can see significant change, then it doesn't matter. There are probably more efficient choices for certain circumstances, but who am I to say what's efficient for you? You're going to work out what's efficient for you. If you try it for 12 weeks and you're like, Hey, I've got results, but boy, am I tired? Boy, was that difficult? You're like, well, it worked because calorie deficit. Is there a way that we can improve this so you can maybe sustain it a little bit longer or can we adjust it? What are the things that you found difficult and how do we mitigate those? Like the whole binary, like this is the only way is the, in my opinion, arguably the biggest problem. And there's not many other industries quite like it, like politics maybe, <laughs> but that's a law yeah. into itself. But I don't think like, if you were to like go and try and learn a language, 
nobody's like, this is the only way to learn a new language. You're gonna have a teacher that says, hey, the most important thing is that you're exposed to doing this and you do it frequently enough and you, you do it, you, you read the correct words, <laughs> but how do you absorb them? Like different methods might work for different people, but I don't think there's any like language teacher. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is just well, like a, I mean, a local the, bias. Yeah, here in the States, I mean, maybe not language, but when it comes to math, that is a big topic of debate because if you learn the way that your parents did and do that on a test, you won't get it right because that's not the way that the teacher was taught to teach you. So if you don't show your work the way they want you to, yeah. God forbid, doesn't matter if you get the right answer. does not matter. You got to do it their way. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the deal though, right? If the, if the, if the only outcome was, sorry, if the only goal was get this outcome, don't matter how you do it, but that, yeah. that's part of the deal. And but so, that's how fat loss is. We're chasing a result. We don't have to do it a specific way. Yeah. Do it your way. <laughs> yeah. Again, you know, you think about it in the opposite direction because sometimes I feel bad for like just like hanging my hat on fat loss, but it's the thing that most people have tried and, and everybody kind of has a, uh, a recent understanding of. Think of it yeah. the other way. Like if you're going to train, if you want to grow your biceps, you need to train your biceps with specificity. So like, if you want to grow your biceps, you're going to train your biceps. That's what makes it specific. Good luck. If you want to like, if you want to train, grow your biceps, but you only train leg extensions, you will not grow bigger biceps period. Right. Just like if you want to lose body fat, but you don't abide by a calorie deficit, then you know, you're violating that principle. So there's specificity and then there's progressive overload. But if you want to get your progressive overload through dumbbells or kettlebells or bands or chin-ups only or machines like I don't give a shit don't yeah. ask me there's probably more efficient ways and so if I was in this game just to get results which I am to an extent but I'm not like saying hey you have to do it my way it's my way or the highway but let's say you like I go back to the guys who I mentioned earlier on one guy has plenty of time and he can train at 6 a.m every morning because you don't have kids waking him up the other mm -hmm. guy has to train with a kettlebell and a couple of bands out of his office. So if both of them want to get bigger biceps, they can both do it. One of them is maybe going to have a better chance at doing it. The guy that trains in the gym with all the availability. But if I say to the guy with twins, you have to train in the gym. The bottleneck is not his desire to train. It's not even the equipment availability. It's like it's the logistics of his life. And so we can say like, oh, everybody has to train in the gym, but like we put, we put a lot of barriers on people by doing that. Like, so if I zoom out, I just want to say that principles are few and methods are many and the priority is abiding by the principles and the methods that you use. There's probably efficient, more efficient versions that you could choose. <clears throat> and what makes it efficient is not my opinion and not your opinion and not some fucking lunatic on Instagram. Not his opinion or their opinion either. It's your preferences, your experience, your demands, your goals. Like they're the things. Yeah. It just comes down to, picture. like you said, it's like, you got to figure out what the goal is. Cause if you go to the kettlebell guy or the keto guy, they've got a hammer and all they see are a bunch of nails. Yeah, like, maybe for the, like when you go to somebody that's like dead set on that stuff, if there's like yeah. some variability, yeah. then great. But I mean, yeah. I don't know about you, but when I look at like 
like some other coaches have their preferences, like only people that work in the gym or only if you have kettlebells. I'm just like, it almost reminds me of, uh, you watch Fast and the Furious? Uh, I've seen the first three of, how many are there now, 25? (laughs) It's only... Well, it's only the first one because okay, that's the great. best one and the only great. one anybody should watch. Okay. So, uh, you know that scene where Dom tells him, he's like, it, you have everything you need in this garage. If you can't make this happen, you don't belong near a car. But I feel like it's the same for trainers. Like if somebody has just their body weight, that's all yeah. you need. If you can't train somebody with just with nothing, then you don't deserve to be training people. This took a weird turn down to the Fast and Furious franchise, I'm, but I'm loaded with movie examples, so that that won't be the last. <laughs> okay, great. Well, that's good to know. I'll put kind of prep. Uh, yeah, I've seen the first three. I think I can. I think I might have tapped out at Tokyo Drift or whatever. Hey, um, Tokyo Drift was good, but it was. I mean, the OG. I is believe the best, you. by far. <laughs> OG is the best. Yeah, I. You know, to to go to the point you're saying is that. This is, is about creative problem solving, right? It, I think sometimes it's not lazy. I don't want to, I'm not like labeling trainers yeah, or anything. That but doesn't I think sound it's really, right. It's not short sight. It's kind of just, sorry, it's not lazy. It's more short sighted to, yeah. to say, if you were a trainer and be like, oh, you have to do this to get this result. <sighs> sure. Yeah, we can say that. But what we could also say is like, hey, you could get this result, but I want to set clear expectations. If you want to grow your chest, by only doing push-ups, your growth trajectory might be really, really long because the only thing you've got available to you is range of motion. You've got kind of a fixed weight unless we put a weight vest on your back or whatever, you know, and you've, you've basically got range of motion and volume. Like they're the variables that we can play with. So we set clear expectations to the person in front of us and say, hey, if you want to get bigger pecs, but you're only, you're only, you only have the availability to do push-ups, then this is how long it might take to get a meaningful and manageable growth of, of your pecs, right? You can then say to them, if you can add in some external resistance, whether it be V3 bands or whatever it is, you know, take your pick, then that makes that growth trajectory a little shorter and a little steeper. If you can train more frequently, get same again, that makes your growth trajectory a little shorter, a little steeper. You're going to get to your goal a little faster, a little short, you know, well, you're going to get better results a little faster, most likely. To a point. But again, if somebody says to me, hey, I live in the fucking boondocks somewhere and I don't have, Amazon doesn't deliver to my house and my closest neighbors are bears and raccoons. Like I only have push-ups. Great, I'm gonna work with what that is. Or I can say to them, hey, do you know what? I'm not the guy for you. That's fine. It would be ridiculous for me to say, however, you will not get results, any results, unless you do it my way. But I also think that that like, kind of speaks to the narrative of there's lots of trainers, everybody's trying to make a niche for themselves. Uh, and that's fine. The niche for me is to get results for guys, <laughs> any yeah. way, shape or form, working with them and their goals and their demands and their preferences. As long as I can abide by the principles, the methods are varied and we can make the best possible concoction that matches their needs. And we then follow it up by setting clear expectations that says, hey, if you were to have a look, these things as well, we will adjust the expectations. But if you only have these, then these are your expectations. And that's it. I think probably mismatched expectations are the, are the like, they're dream killers for sure. Absolutely. It really comes down to just having realistic ones because 
I don't know about you, but I know a lot of people are expecting like biggest loser type numbers. Like mm-hmm. we'll meet after say six weeks and somebody loses five pounds and they're like, yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I, and if they want to get those results, they could conceivably get those results and they could get them by doing exactly the same thing that you did on Biggest Loser. But you can't do the exactly the same thing that those people did on Biggest Loser. So you yep. can't get those results, right? And because the things that they did on Biggest Loser are an amalgamation of doses of methods that kind of make a recipe. If you follow that recipe, you get X outcome. Yeah. But and there's a reason a lot of their... It's there's a reason a lot of their trainers quit because a lot of the stuff they did on there was like the opposite of what a lot of us would do. Yeah, probably a little bit unethical, I would say. You know, I don't know it firsthand, but I'd, I'd take a shot in the dark and say that they were probably unethical. And at the same time, you know, you could get those results, but you could also end up with the same results that those people have got now, which is to gain all that weight back and, and then some. So, yeah. what was that like 90 something percent of them gained it back and then some? Yeah, I don't some know. crazy I, stat like that. I can't imagine it was good, you know, because but again, the outcome was to lose as much weight for a television show. But unless anybody yeah. else has got that job, unless you know you're working with any clients, I don't think I'm working with any clients who have got to lose as much weight on a television show as possible as their goal. Then I'm probably not going to use that those methods. You know, yeah. I called my my current com- my com- company is called Built by You, built the letter X and the word U. And the reason it's called built by you is because it has to be built by the guy that I'm working with. I have like, I have the methods that we can build together in a recipe. And like I mentioned earlier on, most guys have the same demands just in different doses. So most guys have kids career and they have health, you know, and their health is like, let's say it's just like their life, right? Cause the better your health, almost better, almost definitely the better your life's going to be. But within those categories, you then have other demands that we kind of parcel out a little bit. And so for some guys, counting calories right off the bat might work well. For other guys, using like hand-sized portions might work well. For other guys, just focus on, on food quality might work well. And we can systematize that and say, hey, most guys would benefit from quality, quantity, getting a little bit more detailed in terms of calories, then macronutrients, and then just doing it for long enough like we can systematize that. Most guys do fall mm-hmm. within that range, but some guys are ready to move off, like move away from just focusing on quality and they're ready to move on to like measuring the quantity quite quickly. And other guys might just stick with focusing on food quality for literally fucking months on end. So it would be ridiculous for me to say, everybody has to do this for two weeks, this for two weeks, this for two weeks, this for two weeks, because if we do that, we might get great results for 50% of the people and I'm going to fuck up the rest of the, like I'm just leaving the rest of the people high and dry the rest of the guys high and dry. Like just doesn't make, it doesn't make sense for me. And yep. so I called this company built by you because we have the methods, but it's our job to work together and creatively solve your problems, which are probably similar to everybody else's, but they're going to be different, different doses, as I said, to, and they kind of paint a different picture. Um, so it's just about choosing the methods that work for, for the guy in front of you. Yeah. I think it really comes down to that art of coaching because like we all know what should work and we know the types of people that we work with and how to solve most of their problems. Mm -hmm. But when somebody breaks the mold, you got to know what to do. 
Yeah, and it might. It, I think a lot of the coaching, and this is something that was learned in person. A lot of coaching is saying, "Hey, it didn't it didn't pan out like we planned it to last week? Why do you think that was?" And actually asking the person in front of you, "Why didn't that work out? Why didn't our plan work out? Was it because it wasn't you know you didn't understand it? Like you had no coherence, which led to no adherence." Did you just not adhere to it? If you didn't adhere to it, what was the bottleneck? What got in the way? Mm-hmm. If we just assume that everyone's lazy, and they didn't follow the program, <laughs> then that's just laziness on my part and I'm doing everybody a disservice that way. Yep. And so like, I think, again, the probably the f- most important thing that I can do in my business when I first meet somebody is to, I, my job is not to tell them, and I've been saying this for a decade now, anybody who's ever worked for me or worked with me, it's not my job to tell people what they health, what they think about health and fitness is wrong and that they should believe what I believe. It's my job to understand what they currently believe and, and try and get a grip as to why, and then understand their life and just start creatively solving the problems together. It's not my job to just come straight out of the gate and be like, follow this. It's like, hey, the, the ideal path would look like this, but not everybody can follow it. How mm-hmm. do we adjust it to tailor it to you? Because this is not, you know, this is not rocket surgery. We know that if you want to lose weight, you've got to abide by a calorie deficit. You've got to abide by a calorie deficit for long enough to see significant changes. If you want to grow muscle, you've got to eat enough protein and train to a higher enough intensity frequently enough. Great. How do we make that happen for you? Outside of that, we would be majoring in the minors to just focus on insulin sensitivity and supplements and whatever else is like the fucking hot button issue of the day. Like <laughs> it's just, it's just not. And so if I could like, if I could almost use this as like a software that I could upload to everybody, <laughs> specifically the guys that I work with, it would be that principles are few, methods are many, and that every method works in some way, shape or form, but it's not about finding, it's not about like testing the legitimacy of a, of a method. It's about saying, okay, well, which one's most likely to work for me? And then applying consistent effort for a long enough time horizon where we, where we can like kind of deduce and work out what's the best recipe for me right now. So unless your life like changes every two days, which if it does, fuck, I'm really sorry. <laughs> like if your life does a 180 every two days, fine. But Someone listening part, like, is going to be that person and they're going to be like, yeah. right here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm both an astronaut and I'm a deep sea diver and I do that every other day, like but completely different. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, people can pretty much predict, hey, the next year of my life is probably going to look like this within reason. You know, I've got new, I've got kids. Is there that much of a difference between a, wow, I'm really about to put my foot in it because I don't have kids and I have no intention of having it. But is there really that much of a difference between a a one-year-old and a 1.5-year-old? I don't know, but I'm guessing not. I'm guessing not. The moms listening right now are probably going, (laughs) uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, there is. (laughs) Let me tell you about the phases of a a one-year-old and and a 1.5-year-old. And you already said it wrong. It's not 1.5-year-old, it's 18 18 months. months. Shit, shit. I'm really covering myself in glory here. Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe I did that on purpose, right? That's how you know, that's how you know I work with moms. 
I, wait, I know wait, the lingo. God, not. <laughs> yeah, is there, maybe there's a, I feel like there's a shelf life to being able to define your child as a 26 month old. Like, just say that they're two. Is there a cutoff? I don't know. Oh, when that time like comes, a cutoff. What, when that time comes for me just to mess with people, I'm keeping the months as long as I possibly can remember. Just yeah. to, so people have to do the mental math and be like, wait, uh, uh, yeah. oh, okay. How old's my child? <laughs> 48 months. Yeah. So has it been that long? They, I've had to deal with this shit for 48 months. Anyway, yeah. Uh, but yeah, maybe put my foot in it there. But you understand what I'm saying is like the methods that are probably going to work for you now are probably going to continue to work for you for the next, let's say at minimum, let's say three months, six months, yeah. whatever. But like those methods and you need to be able to choose the methods and like tweak them a little bit and tweak the recipe week to week. But for the most part, you know, unless you're in like this massive transition phase where you're moving country and moving jobs and going from having three kids to nine kids all in six months, like your demands are probably going to be relatively similar. And so you can like choose some methods that maybe you tweak a little bit and stick them out. And then when you get to the end of that three months, you do what you would do at your respective, like I'm talking to the guys that I work with here, but like imagine if every week in their weekly meeting, they went in and said, this marketing strategy isn't working completely throw it out wholesale and replace it with something completely different. And they did that every week. They'd never know what worked and what didn't work because they just haven't done it for long enough. So there is definitely like a time period by which they need to do it for long enough so that they can look back on it and say, okay, let's do an assessment. What worked, what didn't work? Looking at the next three months, what do we want to tweak? Is our outcome, is our goal still the same? What do we want to adjust? How do I get better at this? How do I get more efficient at this? Again, like if I could upload any software to everybody, it's that everything works. You just got to find like the dose and the, and the recipe that works for you right now. And then you just got to be not patient. Maybe I think one of the phrases that I say to the guys that I work with is like, okay, so you've got six weeks left of this program. And when you're done with that, you're never done. You just do this from now until forever. Like now. Yeah. And so you can't do it anymore, which is the day you die. You just, you'll always have to focus on something. Yeah. It, yeah. there is a really good like perspective that, um, are you familiar with Alex Hormozzi? Yeah. I was listening to his stuff. Like I, I pretty much have it on repeat every day, but one of the things that he got at that made a ton of sense when it comes to the lifelong journey that mm -hmm. is fitness, nutrition and everything is like, you got to know the game you're playing. So like a lot of us look at a lot of people look at fitness and nutrition as like a start stop, like yeah. you reach your destination and then you're done. But yeah. it's and that's a finite game, but it's an infinite game. And mm -hmm. the goal of an infinite game is not to reach a destination. It's to keep the game going. Yeah. So when you go at it with that perspective of like, how do I just keep doing this? Yeah. That starts to put a lot of things into place in a way that makes sense for you. It's mm -hmm. not, I just have to follow this other person's program so I can look like them and call it quits. The, there's a, there's a book on this it's by Simon Sinek, who's got a weirdly American English accent. Hopefully mine's not as weird as that. Hopefully mine's still English enough. Your, where yours is way more noticeable. polished. Great. Great. My wife probably would not say that. My wife would be like, stop <laughs> mumbling all the time. Anyway. Um, yeah. Here's a book called the infinite game. He's the guy that wrote starts with why and leaders eat last. And, and so. For any like execs and that kind of stuff listening, if you're interested in thinking about like the long game and you know that one of your pitfalls is that like, you kind of have a 
race to the short-term finish line and then when I get there, take a breath and if I start again, I start again. Great, like the Infinite Gamers talks more specifically about that. And the way I've described it to people in the past is people often look at health and fitness like chess. And chess has an end, it's checkmate. Health and fitness is a lot, not easier, don't conflate easy with simple. It's a lot simpler than that. Have you ever played with a balloon where between the two, you know, two, three, seven people, you just bang it up in the air and the goal is to not let it hit the ground. That's the game. You only win health and fitness by never letting the balloon hit the ground. And then when it does hit the ground, do you know how you win again? Just start again. Like just go and see if you can beat the next one. You see if you can beat the next one. Hey, we, we touched it a thousand times before it hit the ground. Great. Next one. Try and touch it a thousand and one times before it hits the ground. Like health and fitness is a lot simpler than chess, most likely. Uh, chess has a, an, an end point. It's called checkmate and you are done. Not many people play a really long game of chess, really arduous game of chess, checkmate, win or lose. And they're like, right, let's clear it and start again. No, they're like, right, I'm done for the week. I'm going to go yeah. or I'll come back tomorrow. And there's this big off period, relatively yeah. speaking. Like, it's like when it's you get that. done with Monopoly and you're like, we're not doing that until the next family reunion. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not going to spend the time in between now and the next family reunion bitching about how Jimmy is always fucking cheating and stealing money out of the pot. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking from experience. Yeah. I'm 100% going to steal that uh, the balloon game. So yeah. if any clients are listening right now and you hear me referencing that balloon game, now you know where it came from. There you go. That's it. Yeah. The goal is just to keep it up in the air for as long as possible. Exactly. And I love how you mentioned that, like, don't conflate simple with easy because it really does kind of get muddied. The waters get muddied online where people Mm. are like, it's so simple. And then they try and play it off like it's easy to do. It's not easy to meal prep every single week. It's not easy to make yourself go to the gym on the days you don't want to. It could be the simplest workout there is, but it's not easy. It's very easy to sit on the leg press and put the pin in. Very, very, sorry. It's very simple to sit on. God, I fucked that up. Very simple to you're sit the, on the leg. The I, even I'm here, doing Jay. it. Yeah, exactly. You're the problem Shit. Here. Shit. Can we cut that bit out in post? Anyway, nope, it's very that's going to be the highlight. I'm going to put that as like the tag. What if I just fucking swear around it? Will you have to cut that out? I don't know. Anyway, it's very no. simple to just. I put the explicit <laughs> down. You're screwed. Yeah. You're stuck here. Yes. Brilliant. <laughs> very simple to sit on the leg press and put the pin in, but it ain't easy to lift the lift the damn leg press, you know, 20 reps or whatever it is, or push to failure or whatever it is. Like, yeah, I think that's conflated with conflated oftentimes. And you know, I think that goes for every part of this. And I'll also say that oftentimes people, guys, especially if you're just speaking from experience, the guys that I work with, almost always conflate it because they think that in order for it to be work, it's got to be complicated. It's got to be lots of moving parts and there's, there's got to be some magic that they're not, that, that they haven't tried before. And they got to be perfect. Often, they got to be perfect. There's no flexibility in there. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I think there's a lot of like that binary, like if it's not perfect, it's not worth it. But one of the things that I'll say to guys quite often is that when you do a thing, you get three benefits. You get the benefit of doing the thing. You get momentum, keep things going. So like if you go and plan to do a 30 minute run and actually you're just 
shot to shit and you only end up doing 15 minutes. Well, you still get the 15 minutes benefit. You get the momentum that you still, you know, put your shoes on, you went out and did it. You kept the, the habit going, let's say. But what you also get is that you are the kind of, the evidence that you are the kind of guy that says, that does what he says he's going to do. Like, and that's probably the most important part of that little trifecta there because a 15 minute run probably isn't going to turn you into like a you know world record marathon runner. The momentum is important, but it's just another penny in the bank. But that evidence of you casting that vote for this is the kind of person that I am and I stick by my commitments and I do what I say I'm going to do. That's really heavily weighted, no pun intended, but like that's really heavily weighted. And it, that is probably one of the most important parts, I think, um, to, to like making, making progress. But yeah, Absolutely. that's the idea of maybe per, perfect, not well, doing yeah. something is probably almost always better than nothing for that Absolutely. reason. And I love how you brought up the concept of giving yourself proof that you're doing the thing. Because a lot of people I know, especially with my demographic, really heavily rely on motivation. Mm -hmm. But most people haven't even experienced the best motivation there is, which is putting in the work, proving mm -hmm. to yourself that you are capable of doing it and doing mm -hmm. it long enough to see results. And then those results, mm -hmm. that is some motivation right there. Yeah. Well, it's, that's the idea of like, it's the, it's the journey, not the destination, right? But at the same time, I completely get it. I get why we're fixated with the outcome and we're not overly focused on the process. The drawback is focusing on the outcome doesn't influence the processes, but focusing on the processes absolutely influences the outcome. And so it, logically, it makes sense to only focus on the processes because it will get you to that outcome, but only focusing on the outcome doesn't necessarily mean that you'll do the right things to, you know, to help you try and get there. Like if you're like, hey, I've got this goal and I wanna lose 30 pounds. If you wake up every morning and everything you do you say to yourself, I want to lose 30 pounds. And then you like go and eat your lunch. You're like, I want to lose 30 pounds. And you go to the gym. It's not guiding for you. It's just a thing. It's just a sentence. But if you say to yourself, like, hey, I want to lose 30 pounds. So I'm committed to doing, weighing myself every day, eating a couple of vegetables with every meal and training three days this week for a minimum of 30 minutes. And you just do that for x amount of time let's say you just do okay that's week one and then when you review week one you say okay well, can i add anything to that or can i increase the intensity or whatever like they're actually the things that are going to drive you to to the desired outcomes but again that seems way too fucking simple way too simple you're like wait it's just that simple yeah it is simple it's not easy though because you still gotta like go and do the work it's still difficult yep. to, to execute on those things but it is genuinely that simple for a, a lot of the time right yeah. And it's, it really comes down to how you mentioned the process. Like it almost serves as a distraction because when it comes to the outcome, it's kind of like when you're on the road, you could turn your phone off and just follow the road, just keep driving. And it feels so much shorter than if you check every single second, how much closer are we? How much closer yeah. are we? I mean, I feel like as coaches, that's like part of our job is literally just to distract you long enough to not look at what time it is, not look at how close you are to your goal. And mm -hmm. then every so often you get a big chunk of proof that, hey, I'm getting closer. Yeah. I worked with a guy who and I, I said to him, hey, it's been 14 weeks. How do you feel? And he's like, 14 weeks? 
I think he thought I was asking him for money or something like, hey, it's been 14 weeks. You've got to re-up your membership or something yeah. like that. But I was like, no, it's been 14 weeks. Like, how do you feel? It's like, honestly, I've got to a point where it just feels like it's something that I do now. And it's just part of who I am. And great. And that's really, that is the goal, right? I think that's the goal for coaches. But again, it seems too simple. They're especially type A guys. There's a lot of guys who come in. They're like, I want you to fucking crush me. Like, hey, have you tried that way before where you've gone in and seen a trainer or you've gone to like a Barry's or you've gone to a CrossFit and you've been like, fucking crush me. I want to leave here limping. Like, I want to be so fucked that I can't walk for three days. Like, have you tried that before? Yes. Well, then why are you here now? Did it work for you then? Yes. Okay. Have you tried it again recently? Yes. Okay. Well, again, why are you here now? Why are we talking now? Because if, if that was the thing that you wanted, like, why repeat that same craziness over and over and over again? Because it's not, it's no longer working for you. And it's fine that it works for you then, if it works for you then, but it isn't working for you now. And so like doing exactly the same thing, but expecting a different outcome, I think we know that that's probably like a, mis a misattributed phrase that was given to Einstein, but in actuality, like, you know, like Britney Spears probably said it or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> just sounded, just sounded cool. So we were like, yeah, <laughs> Einstein, it was definitely Einstein. That definitely said it. But anyway, Einstein. Like, when in doubt. Yeah. When it, but, exactly. When so, in doubt, it's Mandela or Einstein, I feel like. Yeah. Yes, yes, you can't go wrong because everybody will just nod their head and be like, sounds right, checks out. Yeah, but it kind of, smart. to bring it back to what you were saying, it sounds like it really comes down to people's definition of what works. Like what is success? Mm -hmm. Because yeah. losing a bunch of weight and then gaining it right back, I would consider that a failure, not something successful. Unless mm -hmm. you learn from it and improved, then it's yeah. not a failure. But if you keep yeah. going back to it and doing it over and over and over again, like, what are we doing here? Exactly, right? And that, that, is the, that is the thing that people often paint for themselves, is that, well, it works for me before, even though I gained it all back and then some, I'm just gonna do it again because it must be a me problem. But that's a perception issue. Rather than saying, hey, I did this diet, this is like we go all the way back to what I mentioned about the yo-yo, is that if yo-yo if dieting is iterative, but it's been painted as this hyper negative thing. And I'm not suggesting that it's great, right? It would be great to like do something slow and steady and get it right first time. And like, Hey, hunky dory, everything's fine. But like, I don't think there's many people that, that get that right. But what we do have to say is like, Hey, we're going to try this. Mm -hmm. We're not going to attach our morality to it. We're not going to attach who we are as people to it. We're going to try it. And if it works great, we're going to maintain it and add to it if necessary until it doesn't work anymore. Or we're going to make it more efficient, but we're not just going to, if it doesn't work, we're not going to say, well, fuck that. I can't lose weight. My metabolism is broken. I've got, you know, it must be the insulin. Like we've got to have that, the idea that it's not, it's, there's no morality to it. It's just that this method maybe didn't work or it's too difficult. As long as it abides by a principle, we can choose a different method and there might be more efficient ways. So like I would say my way of doing things in my life for my health and fitness goals is the most efficient way of doing things because I work from home. I get up at 5.30 every morning. My wife thinks it's insane, but here's the example, right? I get up at 5.30 in the morning because it works for me. She'd rather stick knitting needles in her ears than, than <laughs> get up at 5.30 in the morning because that just doesn't work for her. But she's fucking brilliant at her job. That's because her she sets up her actions and her environment and to work for her. So we, but at the same time, 
we both get up in the morning. I just get up at 5.30 and she gets up at 7.30. Like, but we both get to the same outcome. We both do the best job we can do and we both achieve achieve our goals and all the rest of it. Like, we both, the, the method is you've got to be awake to do some work, right? So it doesn't necessarily matter when you get up. But I thought you had to get up at 4 a.m. to be part of the morning crew to get results. Like, isn't that the only way? Is that uh, that's a Mark Wahlberg thing, is it? (laughs) I think it's Mark Wahlberg or The Rock. But for some reason, people attach themselves to if I can't work out super early in the morning, I'm just not good enough. It's my fault. Yeah, well, exactly. I've definitely worked with guys who been like, yeah, you know, I know I should be better at working out in the morning, but I just don't like it. And I'm like, can we... Can we just extinguish the word should? Would that be that? Would that be possible? Like, because should is just expectation. It's just oh, how much easier this... would the journey be if we just got rid of should? Yeah, or need, or must. Or like, you should do this. Like, you don't need to do anything. There are. It definitely helps if you do these things, but nobody can like make you do anything. Obviously, there's an element of, like gotta want it, gotta want to go there, gotta have like intrinsic extrinsic motivation there's probably got to be a mixture of carrots and sticks you've got to know the direction you want to go in but there's you don't need to do anything from a methodological standpoint just have to abide by the principles that govern the changes so you've got to abide by a calorie deficit whether you're gonna like take your blood sugar levels with you know one of the little diabetes tabs if you're gonna do one of those with your phone and it doesn't matter if you want to lose weight, you've got to come in in, in like a, you know, the laws of thermodynamics apply to all of us equally within, <laughs> within reason. And so I think that and I'm just conscious of time here because I know I don't know how long I've been rambling, talking shit, but, <laughs> uh, but right, we got some time. <laughs> the way I describe it to, to guys is you're familiar maybe with the boiled frog analogy. And we want to use this analogy in a positive light. Because it sounds a bit weird to begin with, but I think probably I'm interested. You have piqued my curiosity. Great, very simple. If you put a frog, a living frog, in hot water, it will jump out because it knows it's too fucking hot. Can't be in here. Don't want to be in here. I'm gonna die. Gotta get out. The goal is to put a frog into cold water and gradually, over time, turn up the heat until eventually, just boils in the water. It's very morbid, but anyway. The goal is to potentially do that with, with as a client as well. If the goal is to become a boiled frog, I want to get into the water where it's cool enough, right? Where the demands are challenging because I've got to still swim, all that stuff. Can't drown, but I've got to get into the water and I've got to find the demands that kind of move me towards my goal of being a boiled frog. And then gradually over time, we're going to just turn up the intensity, turn up the heat. And the intensity doesn't just mean like work harder. It just means like, maybe get a little narrower, get a little bit more specific. Maybe it means using different methods, but those gradually turning up the heat over time gets us to the outcome of being a boiled frog. Whereas most guys, like I mentioned before, like the guys that were say they come in and they're like, I need somebody to like crush me. I want to walk out of there, not walking out of there. I need to leave here in a wheelchair. Like, but that would be too much. That would be like them jumping into boiling water because they wouldn't actually get any results from it. So instead we've got to find what the cool water version is for every single guy and then gradually turn up the heat over time. And that's what I do in one-on-one training. And that's what I do in group programs. The group program is just very structured. So like it has a path to follow. And so it guarantees a result, 
And the result, I, when I built this program, I started with the result and I said, lose up to 30 pounds of body fat, gain up to five pounds of muscle in 16 weeks or less. That was the result. That was the end point. And then I reverse engineered a program to match it. And so it looks, you know, week to week to week, it kind of follows a structure, so on and so on, but we tailor that to, to other guys. So like I mentioned earlier on, some guys maybe spend a bit more time in the nutrient quality standpoint, where they're just focusing on like eating whole foods and being satiated and you know, not eating pop tarts <laughs> for breakfast and snack, you know, like, or whatever it is. Don't, don't shit on me, pop tart. I'm sure pop tarts are great. <laughs> I quite like a pop tart. Fun fact, pop tarts are better when you don't toast them and I'll fight anybody to the death. Oh, those might be fighting words. Yep, there you go. Anyway, <laughs> what was I saying about not, not about Pop-Tarts? Uh, Something about like, boiling frogs and Pop-Tarts. There you go, yeah, boiling frogs. I think the boiled frog is, is probably, uh, that's a, it's a common enough analogy where I feel like that would probably yep. hit with some people, but yeah, we don't want to make it so difficult that actually doesn't get us anywhere, and it, all it does is ends up perpetuating the, if I can't stand the boiling hot water, I'm the failure and I have to jump out. No, it's just the demands are too high. Yeah. So we've got to get into the cold water and we've got to gradually increase the intensity and what it looks like to increase the intensity across for each individual guy is just slightly different. It's just slightly different. And we could even go a step further with that analogy because even though it is morbid and the oh God. does Here die, we, go. we could take it a step further and say, you, when you find your sweet spot, stay there. Don't just keep cranking up the intensities higher and higher and higher because then you will die. <laughs> because yeah. I know at least like a lot of the ladies I work with definitely want to keep doing more, more, more and come from this generation of more is better, but yeah. it's not. There's a sweet no. spot. Like better is the, better. Yeah. More is not better. Better is better. Yeah. Yeah. And that's different for, that's different for, for every person as well. I'll also say that you know, we want to periodize how we do things. You can do 16 weeks and get great results in 16 weeks, 12 weeks or whatever. But if you want to get more and you want to keep going and you want to maintain it, then you've got to keep working on it. And so what I'll say to the guys that I work with, who tend to come in initially with a fat loss goal, seldom few guys come in immediately with like a, hey, I'm lean enough. I want to spend the next five months in a, in a, in like a growth mass muscle mass phase or a growth phase. Most guys are at a high enough body fat phase. Whereas if they were to go straight into a mass phase, they would just get exponentially fatter as well as getting more muscular. But most guys want to lose weight and that makes more sense. They want to, it makes sense from a logical standpoint to lose weight and then go into a game phase. Anyway, I'll say to them, like the next step off a peak is down. And if you don't take that step, you'll fall off it anyway, because there's only so high you can go in any one period of time. And so we want to periodize this. It's actually why this brand on my t-shirts, why I chose this brand as it is, because we start down here, we grow, we take a little break, we grow a little bit more, and then we have to step down. If we don't step down and we just keep going up, eventually we're going to fall off a peak and we're not going to see it coming. So it makes sense to organize it from a programming standpoint, from a coaching standpoint and say, Hey, we're going to run this for 12 weeks, 16 weeks. They both seem like reasonable time periods. You're going to be in a calorie deficit, gradually more intense over 12, 16 weeks. And by the time you get to the end of that, if you were to keep going, you would get diminishing returns most likely, unless people are in like my 600 pound life where 
you know, not losing any more weight. Where, whereas going from 600 pounds to 500 pounds doesn't make a big enough of a dent or an improvement in their health and fitness, right? But we're talking to hey, according guys to, who maybe have like... According to Dr. Now, it does. I don't even know who Dr. Now <laughs> oh, is. That's the guy in my 600 pound life. He's the guy that always rolls in with the clipboard and goes, hi, hello, how are you doing? <laughs> I well, admittedly have never seen my 600 pound life, uh, but I know of it as a concept. Um, but anybody who's 600 it's, pounds, it's good probably television. not in the, oh, brilliant. I'll make sure I, I'll binge watch that. What, what do you find it on? Is it on Bravo FX? It's on, some upstanding it's, television show. Yeah. I think it's A and E or like one of those, like not <laughs> like, it's not like ABC, but it's like kind of yeah. like A and E or Bravo or one of those. I'll bet money it's yeah. on Peacock or something or Hulu. <laughs> yeah. It's in, it's like buried in the doldrums somewhere. Yeah. But. Yeah, like we want to make sure that we take a step back. And it, you can think of that as like potentiation, right? You're going to work really hard and then you're going to take a break so that you can recalibrate, recuperate, change, the, adjust the, the plan a little bit and then go again. And so it, it needs to be periodized because anybody who's just trying to like keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going, eventually they're going to taper off at the top. And they're almost definitely, from like an economic standpoint here, they're almost definitely going to reach a point of diminishing returns where applying more effort actually costs them more than it does give them in returns. You know, so it's not always about more, as you're saying, you know, more is not better, Be better is better. So that's maybe another mindset shift to try and help people understand. And it's actually something I do in my 16 week program. I run the program, but I also built like a masterclass out on my website, which is like a members only area, which has 60 plus videos in it that explains out the curriculum week by week by week. And the first part is not week one. The first part is actually expectations. And within that, I actually talk specifically about saying, and say, hey, you, you can't keep doing, you can't just do more and more and more. It's not about burying yourself. And just, if you don't bury yourself, you're, you're a terrible person, you can't keep up. We do have to understand that we need to periodize here. So it will be a tough 12 to 16 weeks. And when we get to the end of that, we'll talk, Hey, now what are we satisfied with these results? Do we want to go into a maintenance phase for the same amount of time or shorter or longer or whatever? Do we want to go into a muscle phase? Do we feel like you actually haven't picked up a ton of diet fatigue? And so you could keep going down for another four weeks. Like it's not about saying everybody has to do this and everybody has to do this. It, it, that's not the case. <laughs> it's just not the case. Yep. Um, yep. And if it was, it would be super simple. It would be, it'd be even simpler. Actually, it'd go from simple to being easy. I would have thought there would be no reason for me and you to work with different populations if it all worked the same <laughs> for everybody. Yep. Yep. Everybody has the same problems, but there's different ways to handle it. And there's, that's what coaches are for. They navigate the way and some of us do it for de different demographics for that specific purpose. Because yeah. everybody's a little bit different. It's just like everybody's demands, everybody's environment is just diff is, is very different. You know, I, I've described this as an analogy to people before, but like we've all got the same paint palette, but we all have different amounts of each bit of paint on our canvas. And so my picture looks drastically different than the 50 year old guy in, you know, who travels two hours a day, reverse commute in and out of Boston 
and has two kids in between the ages of 10 and 15 who he's always taken to after school practices and stuff like his picture looks completely different we have similar we have the same demands but we have them in drastically different doses or draft you know we have the same palette but we have different amounts of paint on our canvas and so our pictures are, are drastically different absolutely Absolutely. And I think that's a good spot to wrap the fitness and all this stuff up. And that being said, I do have one more question because I can't let any of the guests get away without asking. And whoever's been here for a while knows what I'm about to ask. If anybody (laughs) does not know what I'm about to ask because you're so dang new, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't catch the rest. (laughs) Um, But anyway, what is your favorite movie and why? Um, It's Interstellar. Which is a Christopher Nolan movie. I actually just watched that last week. Good stuff. It, in preparation for Oppenheimer, I'm assuming. I feel like everybody on everybody's respective like social media feeds have been like, I've been watching all the Christopher Nolan movies just so I can prep myself. Yep. Um, Batman after this. Great. <laughs> yeah, I I wa- I remember watching Inception and I watched it with my two housemates when I was in university, and when it finished, the credits rolled and none of us said anything to each other for about 30 minutes. Well, that was Inception. So I went and watched Interstellar and it made me cry. I think it was probably the last time in my life it made me cry because I just felt super overwhelmed. I was like, fuck, I'm having an existential crisis. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Like, what, what is this? We are just these tiny specks on this tiny rock that's floating around in the middle of nowhere. What is going on? Like, completely overwhelming. I'll also say the soundtrack to Interstellar, and I've been saying this for years, way before everybody's fucking Instagram reels were all surrounded <laughs> by, like, the the interstellar soundtrack but i would train i would go and lift to interstellar when it first came out and inception and the background soundtrack so like hans zimmer the fact that they're a match made in heaven mate they are they really are those two blokes those two blokes are like salt and vinegar like those are they're mad that's a magic concoction that's that's wild the way that you described your reaction to in, to uh, Inception because that's literally what I felt like after watching The Whale. Okay, not seen it. Oh, it's so good. Brendan Fraser's like monster comeback, but he, it's basically a story of a really Don't tell more, me, don't tell me. I'm just stating the plot. So okay, that, great. <laughs> it's a guy who's morbidly obese and all the struggles he goes with and it's like his mm-hmm. last week of like life. Okay. So, like, without giving it away, I mean, the way that they portray it and how brutally honest it is, and yeah. just the whole, the, how well it was done, it was how you describe where it's like, just sit there. Like, I literally stared at the ground for like 10 minutes, like, whoa. Yeah. Like a serious processing issue. Like, oh, my brain doesn't have the hardware to, to run this. I can't do it. Well, I think it was almost like an appreciation. It's like, this is genuinely one of the best yeah, movies yeah. I've ever seen in my life. I just want to like <laughs> soak this moment in. Yeah. I think we watched the whole credits being like, cause if you remember what happens at the end of inception where the totem is spinning mm-hmm. and then it cuts to black. Yep. That's not ruined it for anybody, by the way. No. It, this, no. If you've not seen Inception, I've not given anything away because it's fucking yep. way too convoluted for that. But and yeah, I, I just remember I, sitting there yeah. with like a blank stare, like a zombie, like, what the fuck am I supposed to do tomorrow now? <laughs> and I like that uh, I was watching a couple of Christopher Nolan interviews w- from Oppenheimer because that's yeah. just where YouTube took me. And he made a point that he's like, listen, every single movie I make, I want to keep the audience in the discussion. 
So like you know that you notice that with the totem that doesn't stop Batman, it just kind of leaves it open ended. Like you don't know if he's yeah. coming back, but he's alive. Like Robin, is Robin going to take over? Yeah. Yep. Every single yeah. one is an open loop, and he's like, let the audience have it. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, he's obviously very good, and uh, but I, Jen, my wife, and I were like, she's like, what? Barbie's supposed to be very good. I'm like, well, so is Oppenheimer. So, you know, we can go to our respective ones or we no, can go no, together no, no. and suffer through it together. It's called like, Barbenheimer for a reason. I've, I gotta see I've both. seen this. I've seen this. She was like, can't we just see one at a time? Like, she'd be very rational about it. I'm like, can't we just see one at a time? I'm like, yeah, but which one's going first? <laughs> oh, anyway. anyway uh, but, but, but would yeah. you rather first or second though? Because do you want to end on your favorite or do you want to start with your favorite and then be like, well, now I got to sit through this thing. Uh, uh, fucking neither. Kind of just go and watch the one I want to watch, and then go like, here's a guy that has yeah. no kids and no responsibilities <laughs> outside of himself. I gotta keep, you know, I gotta walk the dog, and I gotta go maintain a maintain a marriage. Other than that, fucking, it's fine. Well, I'll just yeah. go and watch Oppenheimer. It's fine. Um, it's like I want what I want, and I that's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I have no like. It's not like I have to like. Well, it's either this or this. Like, no, I'm just gonna go fucking do this. <laughs> well played well played well i think this is a good spot to call it because you have provided so much so much useful information so much perspective i know that everybody listening is probably like having that christopher nolan effect where their mind is still spinning they're gonna have to just take a break on this podcast for a second and just be like taking it all in yeah maybe but i hope so yeah, but when you guys do come back, there's plenty of other great episodes here. But for my listeners that are not familiar with Jay, where can they find you if they're like, I like what this guy's saying. I want to see more of him. Uh, yeah, so I post, mostly put stuff out on Instagram. So it's Coach JW, so J-A-Y and the letter W, Coach JW. Um, and then my website is builtbyu.com, which is the word built, the letter X, and then the word U-Y-O-U.com. Uh, uh, and that's where I put out pretty much all my stuff. I write two blogs every day. Sorry, two blogs every day. Two blogs every week. Um, <laughs> and then I put out a lot of free guides and content, especially on a Friday. I run something called Free Fitness Friday, where basically any time a client brings a problem to me, whether it's like, hey, how do I eat healthy when I'm on the road? Or how do I manage social pressure? Or how do I snack more strategically? I build it into a usable guide. And so my plan is basically by the end of this year, I'll just have a book. I'll have a book of solutions that is like, hey, if you've ever run into the, you know, any of these 200 issues, then here's the solutions that I've put together. And I've put together them in, in real time because it's, ha- it's the same methods that I've used to help the guy who asked me the question solve their problem. So it's very usable, you know, and it's, it's, uh, it's experience driven because it's actually worked for people. So. That's the thing I would probably say where most guys are going to get most value out of it. And listen, look, whether you're man, woman, anything else, black, white, green, don't, don't matter. Like you, we've all got those demands, as I said, and we've all got them in different doses. So even though I might just say, Hey, if you're a busy guy, like this works for you, it does work for you. But if you're a not so busy teenage girl like it would probably also work for you as well right because you know the first thing you are is a human being that needs to eat and train and move and, and exercise to be healthy so although the language is tailored to guys like if you there's lots of people who get lots of value out of it just change the 
change the names. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good info is good info. So mm -hmm. I'll be sure to, for everybody listening, like how do you spell the website again? Don't worry, I'm putting it all in the show notes. Just go down there, give it a click, and you will go right to Jay's website, right to, so you can get all that free stuff that he was mentioning. So Jay, thank you again for coming on. We'll definitely have to have you back sometime soon. And to everybody listening, hope you have an amazing rest of your week. Catch you next time. Cheers, bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode and you're a new listener, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss another episode. And if you're a returning listener, I would love your feedback. If you could take two seconds to just leave a quick review on iTunes or Spotify and rate the show, that would be greatly appreciated. So thank you in advance and have a great rest of your week.